Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Why Bother with your host, John Sabluski, the podcast that didn't need to be made by the host who really didn't want to make it. Today, we have a very special guest, president of the National Art Education Association, art educator to the stars, and it just so happens that this gentleman was my cooperating teacher when I student taught back in 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome my good friend and mentor, Tom Nab. Hi, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm great, John. How are you? It's great to see you. Oh, I, I'm great. It's good to be seen. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful that you said yes, you know, and, and I, think that, uh, I think we're going to have some fun. Well, I hope so. Otherwise, I'm going to have to pay for this. I have a feeling I'll be paying for this. All right. So, you know, this this is very interesting because, you know, you've had a a pretty awesome career uh, and 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 it's spanned over, you know, a long chunk of time. But I'm sure that this year uh, as an educator, uh, this is probably something you never anticipated, nor will you soon forget. Um. Not at all. I mean, this is like starting your career all over again. Um, that's I think that's for every educator kind of feels that way. So, you know, and you get through and it's it, it's it evolves as you go through the year um, from hybrid, you know, to full remote back to hybrid um, and teaching students in all those formats. I teach students that come to school two days a week four days a week, five days a week, and students that don't come to school at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's quite an interesting uh, model, you know, and it's funny because people that don't do it uh, and you try to explain it like, oh, we have a hybrid cohort. We have a remote cohort. We have another hybrid cohort. And they're looking at you like, what are you even talking about? And I always say, I don't think we even really know. So <laughs> we're just going with it and trying our best. <laughs> Right. And some kids who were hybrid last week are remote this week and who are remote last week are hybrid this week. It's, you know. it's got to keep on your toes. So yes. that's, that's yep. great. All right. So I, I, I think that uh, something that is really uh, interesting is you're an art educator. And I like to say art educator because I feel like art teacher is just so uh, 2020, right? We're in 2021. Right. We're educators here. So why don't we, why don't we go a little, let's, let's start at the beginning. I want to hear about you growing up. Um, and, you know, when did you discover this, uh, this teaching, when you decided that you wanted to pursue this as a career and how you got where you are today? I'm starting right out with the gotcha questions. Um, (laughs) um, I actually, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect. And my friends and I, we would get the graph paper and we kind of sketch out the interiors of homes and stuff. And so I was always obviously interested in art. And then, um, you know, uh, decided when I went to college that maybe I'd rather do graphic design and started out in that area. And I actually, at the time was teaching Sunday school um, at my church. And then also at age 18, I started coaching boys volleyball. It was about the time they started to add, adding JV coaches. And there were, there weren't a lot of volleyball coaches out there. So um, I was able to begin at age 18 and I discovered I really like this idea of working with youth and teaching 
and decided maybe that was my calling. And uh, luckily, was able to change over all the art classes that I'd taken at college into my studios that I needed, you know, for uh, uh, my art, uh, art education uh, degree. So I uh, was able to transfer them over, get into that, and uh, uh, went that route. And uh, don't regret a day of it. So that's, you know, that's that's fascinating. And, and I think what's really cool is architecture is one of those things that you have to have an eye for to really be able to visualize what something's going to look like before, you know, somebody necessarily would build it or, you know, make it happen or the interior, as you were saying. Were, what Was there like someone that influenced you to want to do that? Hmm. Well, I think... Um... When later when we talk about, you know, an artist, if we get into talking about artists, you'll you'll make a connection here. But sure. I like the I like the organization of the architect, right? It it has to be very precise. And um so that and you know me, that that really appeals to me. <laughs> that idea of organization and there's a way to do things. Um, but, uh, I forgot the question now. Oh, no, no, that's, I mean, (laughs) it's, you were so organized. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I think that was what attracted me, you know, to that. And my friends, it's just that idea that you could, you know, create something in a whole environment out of nothing, essentially that, that's that design. And that's what also attracts me a lot to like the interior space and you've seen my home. And um, I think if I wasn't an art teacher, I really would have wanted to become an interior decorator mm-hmm. instead of the architect. But I like that idea of space and um, creating a space that says something. So. Definitely. You know, that that's great. And and I think that's an awesome path and it's good that it, it kind of worked out to where you are now, because, you know, sometimes when you're in college and you say, you know, I'm going to decide to change this, career path it doesn't always work out that well for uh for people so that it was good that it did and you know i have to say that when you the word architect i always just have that that remembrance of seinfeld where george costanza just always told people i just always wanted to pretend to be an architect <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> and that's what i did i pretended. i've got to pretend as far Our as family. i got yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. So art class. All right. And uh, you talked about coaching and we're, we're going to talk a little bit about coaching in a minute too, but art class and coaching and working with youth. What about the excitement of uh, youth? Because, you know, when you're an elementary teacher like yourself, there's an energy that you need to not only be able to match with those students, but you also need to sometimes have more than they do. So how has that been something that you've uh, worked on throughout your career, you know, matching that energy, feeding off the energy and the excitement of the students and, and helping them achieve what they set out to do. Well, I, and I think, you know, with student teaching with me that my, um, the way I conduct myself, I am well suited for elementary children, (laughs) (laughs) my, my sense of humor and, um, and then singing and just the kind of silliness, and I call it controlled silliness because obviously you don't want to lose mm. control of the classroom. <laughs> but um, 
able to just kind of have fun with it. I mean, I think teaching and learning should be fun. And that's what I try to make it uh, for the kids. Um, like they say, you don't really remember everything you did in school, but you remember how that teacher made you feel. Yes. Or how you felt in that class. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I conduct what I do. I want them to go out with a good feeling about art. So I know all those kids aren't going to be artists, but they'll have a good association with art, mm-hmm. with uh, maybe an appreciation. That's how I say they, I want them to have a good appreciation of the arts. And so that starts with a good feeling about, you know, whatever their skill level is, whatever their interest level is that, you know, it was fun. They hopefully found some success and, you know. Definitely. And I think that's cool too, because, you know, as an educator, we don't always necessarily realize how much impact or influence we have over our students uh, just by our disposition. You know, I, I, I know growing up, I had an art teacher in elementary school who was probably uh the most miserable woman on the face of the earth, not because she was nasty, but she just gave this aura of just, (laughs) so, so art class, uh, and, and come to think of it, uh, some music class too, was a little difficult (laughs) to really wrap your head around. So Mm -hmm. I, I I think, and, and from working with you, I, 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 you know, I saw you do that and have that, as you say, controlled silliness. And I try to uh, not only take that from your toolbox in my classroom, but I also feel that it's, it's, it works. And, and when students are excited to come to your class, you've already won half the battle. So mm-hmm. that's, that's fantastic. And I do thank you for modeling that so well when I had the <laughs> opportunity to work with you. Um, and don't, I, I'm going to have to pace myself because I'm painting this on pretty thick. <laughs> 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 so Tom, let's, I want you to think back. You know, I just talked about my art experience growing up. Um, I remember projects that we made, you know, growing up. I remember there being a lot of um, yarn I remember there being a lot of crumpled uh, wa- uh, uh, tissue paper, uh, and and some and and then and then when we got to middle school, we got to paint. It was great. Uh, I don't know why we had to wait till middle school, but maybe <laughs> I don't know what that was all for. But do you remember any projects or any lessons in your art class growing up that really stuck with you that maybe you've taught to your students in your career? Um, well, it's funny. Like I went to a uh, Catholic elementary school. So we had art, it seemed like once a month. (laughs) (laughs) If the teacher, if they could keep the teacher employed, you know, Um, they didn't find a better job. That's what it kind of seemed like. Same thing for music. (laughs) The next time it'd be like your new music teacher is wait, last year, last month, there was a new music teacher, but that was Catholic school. That's how it worked. So, I, to be honest with you, I don't remember a great deal of even what I made in elementary school. I remember liking it, and I wish I had something saved from it. That would be so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so it was kind of – you kind of feel like you dabbled in it through elementary school. Mm-hmm. When I got to high school, um, I was, oddly enough, an advanced science student for some reason. <laughs> they put me on that track. And I finished all my sciences by the time I was like a sophomore or something. It was crazy. And so then after that, I thought, I'm going to go take all the art courses that they offer. Mm -hmm. And I did and uh, really had fun with that. And 
I have with me, well, I'll tell you uh, two stories about things I remember. Sure. I remember in one of my classes, we had to create a linoleum printing block and make a, uh, I don't know if you had to make a Christmas card. You had to make a card, I think. And I chose a Christmas card. And so I carved out my message on my card and I went to print it and it said, Leon. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned a very important lesson (laughs) for everyone who can't figure that out. It was supposed to say Noel. (laughs) And, but it was the funniest thing. And I took it to my math teacher. Oh my, he loved it. And, uh, um, so I had a good relationship with him too. And uh, um, so I always remember that. And even my art teacher laughed and was like, you know, I'm sure it's not the first time something turned out backwards you know, or the wrong way, you know. Yep, yep. And then also in high school, I took, I don't know if it was a full on um, uh, sculpture class or it was just one of the things we had to do, but I have it here. I made this. So this is. Wow, this is probably almost 40 years ago that I made this. Uh-huh. And and I made this for my mom. It's a leaf soap dish. Nice. <laughs> and I actually went out and found a giant leaf. That was my pattern and my impressions. And then little leaves I created. Um, and it's only had to be reglazed once in 40 years. My mother gave it back to me to reglaze. And then... At some point, she I, she gave it back to me, um, and she's no longer, you know, mm-hmm. with us. But um, I still think like that, you know, something that you made in art like 40 years ago, it's almost, it's getting close to being an antique. <laughs> that <I made. laughs> That's so cool. And uh, and I have it, and I was able, I didn't have, I, I haven't even been using it, uh-huh. but I was able to find it. And uh, um, yeah, so. That you know, and what I I love about that too is is you always hear uh, these stories. Now I, I I'm only like <laughs> my third year of teaching, but uh, uh, so I, I haven't heard these stories firsthand. These are just like you know secondhand tellings about how um, a, a teacher will be you know it'd be like 20 years into their career and they'll be walking through the grocery store and they'll see little like Jimmy Smith and Jimmy Smith will come running up and say, Oh my gosh, you were my art teacher at such and such elementary. We made like, we, we, we made a quilt and and you're like, and then you're thinking, I don't ever remember teaching that. And, and, and it's just, it's interesting, like the impact, you know, and, and I, I, I look forward to that. And I, I, I hope that, you know, I, I get that as I get older, but what's really cool about your clay project is that that's something that you were able to enjoy building. You were mm-hmm. able to uh, give it as a gift and your mother was able to enjoy it. Now, did she use it as a soap dish or was it more? She of, did for she, many years. Yeah. There, there you go. And you know what? That is something that's so peculiar too, because soap, like you know, hand soap and stuff, right? Like, a bar do, of soap, right? Yeah, like that's th- that's definitely a sign of the times. Because I honestly don't remember the last time I bought a bar of soap. It's usually I, like a, a gel or a. See, right <clears throat> now, I we could have been doing this, and some viewer could have been some young view, viewer could have been. How do you put the liquid soap in there? <laughs> 
<laughs> do you do you have to warm it up? Do you just yes. how does that how does that where's the pump part? <laughs> and the next thing we'll take out is a rotary telephone. And we can... <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, uh, you know, clay is, is really cool and it lasts forever. And it, that's awesome that, you know, you're able to do that. I know that my mother kept all the art projects I ever made and she gave them back to me when I got hired as a, a teacher and I was going through it. And I was like, for some reason, there was a lot of, um, uh, like, you know, you had a lot of like plastic canvas and we did like these, these, we had to do a landscape with plastic canvas. And I'll never forget this. I decided to do this cactus theme. And this was like in sixth grade. And apparently this cactus theme has st uh, you know, stayed with me for my life because it's still like, Oh, I know, you know, prevalent. Um, but I do this cactus theme and uh, my art teacher comes up to me and she says, uh, so what are you going to do the, the ground? And I said, Oh, I, I don't know. Brown tan you know like sand probably she's like you know i was driving and i saw a license plate from arizona and the ground was uh, purple why don't you do that that might be cool so lo and behold i have a purple purple ground and my my uh my my thing and we worked on that it seems like we made like two projects a year because we were always like sewing like this long tedious thing it's 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 very interesting but i i like that there's those projects that we've made that we remember and we have, and mm -hmm. we're able to, we're able to keep and discuss in this interview today. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I got to ask you this next question because uh, I get this a lot and I'm sure you get this a lot. Uh, Mr. Nab, who's your favorite artist? Um, Piet Mondrian is no. mine. Um, again, cause it, it, this is, weaving it back in here now. And now, of course, he started like all artists and they do their, their realist paintings and you can tell what's in there. And then, of course, I really love when he got into the abstraction. Um, I love his abstracted trees. Um, and then I love his um, kind of his very late works of the, uh, the color block mm -hmm. uh, artworks. Um, I just, for some reason, I just love those. And um, I mean, I think, you know, I know why, but um, the organization of it yeah. and uh, the simplicity of it. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, love his work. I've got a cutting board in my kitchen with the design on it. <laughs> I painted the design on my desk at school and one of the chairs. I think you remember that. Yep. Yep. Um, and yeah, just... Uh, notepads pencils and just love it love That's, it i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> well you know and 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 his work is also made into pop culture you know i mean yeah. like you were you know and it, it's really really awesome to be able to see you know uh and I, I always forget where he's from um um he's from uh the netherlands right another I, yes he is yes and and the, and where he was born, they have it all his his work all over the city. Like it's in the architecture, it's in the the on the buses, it's on the um, uh, on the the stuff on the buildings, and you know on the sidewalk and stuff. So it's really right. neat that it's been able to make its way into pop culture like that. Yeah, and it's, um, it's funny. Let me if I could just interrupt what you said. Like it's on the buses and everything, and it makes me think of the Partridge Family bus. And people yeah. always say, "Oh, that's like the Partridge Family bus," and I'm like, "No, it's not at all." <laughs> Hello, world. Here's the Do song. Do not that we're say singing. that. That's kind of <laughs> insulting. 
I don't know. It bothers me. <laughs> How dare they? How dare they? All right. So we're going to get into some, we're, we're going back now a little bit. We kind of alluded this uh, early on in this interview about, uh, you know, uh, teaching in a pandemic, um, which uh, I've been told that if you can teach uh, this year, you'll be able to teach for the rest of your life because you'll probably never, <laughs> never find something you can't do after this. Um, but let's, let's think about if you remember the first year you taught or the second, you know, early on in your career and how things and maybe procedures or, or even the way that the students interact with art may have has changed throughout the time. So from now or from then until now, have you seen a, a paradigm shift? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, well, when I came out of college and I was trained in DBAE, um, and a lot of teaching and my teaching was um, kind of, I guess you'd call it formulaic. Like, mm -hmm. here's what we're going to make. Okay, here's how we make it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now it's like, okay, here's some skills. Now, how can you use it? Or here's a theme. Let's investigate it. Right. And so that's kind of one change where we really, although we've said for a long time, like art is, is a, gives you a problem that there's many solutions to for a while there, where you didn't really teach that way. And now we do a lot more of, I think another thing we do a lot more of is collaborative um, work or with the kids, even in art, uh, give them that opportunity, uh, which I think is important. And, you know, obviously in the world, they're going to end up, probably in a job where they have to collaborate in some way, uh, most of them. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big uh, difference. Um, and I think from my perspective as a beginning teacher as well, um, I was very much interested in putting out a lot of artwork with the, with the students. And then after, I can't remember how many years, but I kind of came to the conclusion, what, to the conclusion that I don't think it really matters how much artwork we put out. It matters how much learning mm -hmm. that they do through the art, you know? So I kind of slowed it down, pulled it back a little bit so that we could get a little bit deeper into the work. Um, and whether that meant, you know, talking about it a little bit more and giving them time to explore or practice or plan all those things, mm -hmm. uh, which I like to have kids do more now. So I think those are uh, uh, kind of the biggest shifts that I see um, in, in art education as well as in my teaching. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, you know, it's funny because when I was uh, going through school, you know, we'd find these textbooks that were probably 50 years old with the idea that it was very, um, you know, art class was really just for technical building, right? It mm -hmm. was designed right. so that you could, uh, you know, build a machine, draw out a machine plan and then, you know, uh, shump down at the end of the line would actually build the part and then put it together and you'd be all ready to go. But, you know, as we progressed and as we revisited that, I think it's more as how does an artist actually work and what impact does an artist have on society and how do you as the student act like that you know how, how do we give them that opportunity and there was something that you had mentioned 
uh, to me when I was working with you uh, a few years ago. And you talked about this concept of studio thinking and I, I and st- just studio time, so to speak. So mm-hmm. uh, for those of our listeners that don't necessarily know what that is, if you're an artist, uh, chances are you're not just going to go to work one day and just start building, right? Uh, you might do that, but a lot of times there's a little bit of thinking, a little planning, a little, uh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to wrap my head around this? And a lot of times in education, we believe that students need to be working from the second they sit down to the second the bell rings that they leave. And what studio thinking is asking is, let's take some time to just maybe just not even work on it. Maybe we're just incubating a little bit, thinking, understanding the process, and then just setting out materials for student choice. And I always thought that was very interesting because one of the things that I remember you telling me is how can we incorporate more student choice into the project so that every artwork doesn't look like a cookie cutter, like we just Mm -hmm. kept going. And I find that I love that giving them choice because then they feel like they actually own that artwork and it's their you know signature on it. Right. But but I also find that uh, there's a slippery slope if you give them too many. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's I, I think it's definitely something that I would suggest and. And, and I'm sure you would agree that uh, art educators should try to incorporate as much of that as they possibly can, where there is studio thinking ability, as well as as much choice as you possibly can. I mean, you, you, might, be, you might be working on a project where it's like, where this is the theme. You know, the theme is, I don't know, um, happiness. And these are the materials you could choose, create something that you believe shows happiness. Uh, that might be a little more open as opposed to, we're going to make a soap dish. And <laughs> here you go. <laughs> and everybody needs to go out and get a leaf. <laughs> go, go find a leaf. <laughs> make a slab. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, I find kids love clay and they love working with it and they love that's like the tactile feeling and the building. They, they can't oh, yeah. get enough of that. Oh, I, they love the weaving. I do a weaving project. They, they love that. Um, and it kind of, and I will say, because, you know, a, a lot of times still, a lot of the girls are more connected to the visual arts than the boys. I actually see more of it the longer I teach, mm-hmm. but the boys really enjoy that tactile stuff yeah. more so, you know, than the, the painting or the drawing. They love that clay or weaving or constructing. Um, I don't know what it is, but um, yeah. So it really engages them a bit more too. Yeah. And I think it's, it's neat too. Like the three-dimensional artwork, uh, like for me, at least, you know, like when you, when you're building something out of clay or something, it's there, you see the length, the width, the height, you know, it's all, all there. And when you're drawing, you're trying to sometimes make a two-dimensional space appear 3d. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, come on. <laughs> like, why can't I fit, you know? So it's a little, it might be a little more challenging where it's frustrating. Whereas when you're building with clay or, you know, you're sculpting or something, it's something like, wow, I, I did that, you know? And, and I, I think it's great when you see that aha moment, you know, when they're. Yeah, doing, yeah, for work. sure. Yeah. Yeah, this actually works. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I want to do that again. <laughs> so, nope, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to talk about that Warhol guy <laughs> and that suit. You know, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, 
when I show students like artwork, like, you know, um, and you may have similar uh, experiences, you probably do. When you show like a, a Picasso or a Jackson Pollock or an Andy Warhol or, or something, and you're like, okay, here you go. Uh, this is this is what we're learning about today. And the kids were like, what? <laughs> what? What's with these hundred soup cans? Why is this a thing? I, I love it. I love it. And I ask students, is this art? And I love the conversation that comes up with it because the, 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 they never cease to amaze me. <laughs> like if it's not a picture of a person or a tree or a house, it's not art. Until right. you get to like, you know, high school where you're like, oh, that could be art. But yeah. Yeah. Some of the conversations with students are the best, you know, about art. And I, I have these aesthetic puzzles that I've used with kids and I only go up to fourth grade. And so it might, it might be a puzzle like um, the Louvre is on fire. You can save the Mona Lisa, the painting, the Mona Lisa, or the guard that's standing next to it. Who do you say, or what do you save, you know? And it's amazing, you know, what you hear. <laughs> That somebody might say, I'm going to save the Mona Lisa. And then you say, well, you know, that guard, your grandpa. Now, who, now what do you save? You know, and it's this whole kind of aesthetic puzzles that I got into big for a while that are kind of neat. Um, and there was some different, that was the most, that was probably the deepest puzzle that I would yeah. do with them. Um, but it was, it was, it was fun. It was interesting to see their thinking evolve. Um but it's, you know, it's that I just to see the kids talk about something that they would never, ever talk about or think about, you know, in their life, probably, unless it was in an art class. So, yeah, you know, it gets them talking, gets them engaged, gets them thinking. And and that's fantastic. I think I actually sat in on a professional development and you we played a, a game that was similar to that. Oh, yeah. I And I created a game out of it to Aesthetic Allies. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fun. Thanks. All right. so <laughs> well, you know, again, painting it on thick. All right. So, and you what? too can buy this game at. <laughs> I'll put the link in right now. <laughs> That's right. So let's talk a little bit about the National Arts National Art Education Association. Now, this is is actually pretty cool, and you are the president <laughs> of this organization. So, could you talk a little bit about? what NAEA does, uh, what resources they may have available to art, uh, art teachers like myself, who, uh, you know, are just starting out pretty green and, uh, and how that all ties in with um, advocacy, which we're going to talk a little bit more about in a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah. So NAEA, right, is the uh, national, and I, this is why I try to describe it to people, professional association. So what does that mean? Uh, the, all the professionals in one area decide to get together, pull their resources even, to um, work towards a cause or a mission, right? And the National Art Education Association advances visual arts education to fulfill human potential and promote global understanding. You know, these missions are a little, you know, deep but mm -hmm. you get the gist of it so yes. um you know so it's our professional 
uh, organization. Now, we obviously, we hire a staff and there's an office and that kind of stuff. But we, you know, we try to support teachers in professional development and art education. Uh, we do kind of understand that there's not always great art education uh, PD locally. <laughs> a lot of times it's kind of lacking unless you're providing it yourself, like for your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, provides a lot of resources to support uh, either your advocacy. Well, yeah, your advocacy, whether it's your district's planning to do something or you want to try to get them to do something. And so you're trying to get them think a certain way. NAEA has position statements um, that can be used to support a cause. Um, and uh, we uh, address uh, like the PD aspect. We have, you know, the, the virtual um, uh, art teachers kind of realm with the webinars, uh, the town halls. Um, then we have trainings and in-person trainings too, either to develop leadership as an art educator or to develop your skills as an artist um, or just your skills as an educator within your classroom. So this has got those three levels mm-hmm. uh, of uh, a training that you can uh, find throughout the organization. Um, and then we connect to, you know, other uh, organizations as well um, uh, to work to similar, you know, outcomes and support the arts, whether it's, you know, advocating uh, on Capitol Hill for funding mm-hmm. or it's working with other arts organizations to create the national arts standards. Um, but it's just trying to, you know, guide the profession and guide the professionals um, to, uh you know, continual growth and improvement and, uh, you know, to benefit students. Definitely. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that professional development, when you're a, a, a teacher of any shape or size, uh, there's a lot of professional development that's required to, you know, continue your career. Um, and when you are in the visual arts, like you were saying, Tom, it's very far and few between that there are opportunities for us uh, locally. Um, and it, it, it can, it gets a little frustrating after a while when you, you know, you have like a superintendent conference day and it's like, oh, math, <laughs> not that there's anything yeah. wrong with math, no, no. <laughs> but you know, it's, 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 it's awesome what, uh, NAEA is able to do. Now you talked a little bit about advocacy and this, uh, has been in the news probably since the beginning of time uh, when it comes to public schools and funding the uh, the specials courses or the encores courses um, or the exploratories. I think they there's like 500 different names for what we uh, what we are considered as our educators. Right. Uh, what is the what what's the idea? when it comes to advocacy, how does a school district or how does a body within a school district successfully advocate? Is it something that you just do when it comes at budget time? Is it something that you should do small, consistent efforts? Should you get parents and kids involved? How do you, how would a campaign look to succeed in that? And and that's absolutely what I share with people too, that I don't believe that advocacy is an event. You know, it's like, oh, I heard they're going to cut our budgets or they're going to cut back on the number of electives we can offer, whatever. We better go advocate. Um, I think advocacy is a continual, consistent process. 
and you have to build in and take advantage of the opportunities throughout the entire year. So, um, for, for example, I mean, the school year starts, I think the second year of school in September for us, it's arts and education week. So I take advantage of that. And I send something to, to all the families within my building with some activity that the kids can do. And we do dress up all week, you know, in certain colors to kind of, um, promote the different color groups and color theory and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to make it fun. Um, and then there's like Youth Art Month in March. Take advantage of that. Um, I just created a project with my fourth graders, positive postcards for the community. Mm-hmm. So they designed a, a text message uh, with a positive word they got to choose. Again, so they write the self-advocacy. Um, and they're, you know, if we don't think this pandemic is is causing a lot of trauma with every student in our country right now, then um, they, you know, people aren't understanding. So try to give them a little sense of control and uh, that idea of, you know, we can actually control putting some positive energy out there. But so what I did with those is I put a little, oh, and then the idea is too, is they get out into the community, you're dropping off at the bank, you're dropping off at the coffee shop and you leave it for the next person to mm-hmm. pick up and they can take it home or whatever. And there's information on the back, like uh, post this to your social media share it that way as well. Mm-hmm. So I sent a little, like, I think a pack of five of them to each of my school board members and said, Hey, would you like to participate? You know? And then it's a way for me to let them know, mm-hmm. here's what the arts are doing yeah, for the students and for the community, you know, and it's this always finding an opportunity. And when I won, I was honored with an award one time and the school board wanted to have me there and honor me there. And I'm thinking, I don't need to be honored anymore. You know, I, got honored at the event or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I, I asked, I said, am I allowed to say any words? <laughs> and they said, yes. I said, oh, I'll go <laughs> advocate for art again. You know, it doesn't have to be about me. I can advocate for art in that opportunity. So it's, I think it's finding those opportunities, you know, art shows, whether at the school building district wide, um, within the state, within state art organizations, what have you, right? It's that continual finding of opportunities and making it known. Any any opportunity I have and people will know, um, you know, if somebody wants to talk to me about something, if somebody wants me on their podcast, if somebody, uh, whatever, I will take the opportunity to be like, yes, I want to advocate for art education, visual arts education, um, and all arts education actually too. So um, that's that's how I view advocacy. And then I think the other part of your inquiry was then NAEA has a ton of advocacy resources. Mm-hmm. We have advocacy uh, white papers that were written um, from kind of the grand scale of why to the, to the uh, you know, in your classroom or school kind of level, what you could do. Um, there's an advocacy toolkit that they provide. Again, those position, position statements that I mentioned earlier helps you advocate advocate towards an idea. Um, this year with what's going on, I created uh, three open letters mm-hmm. um, to help support art education, either at the higher ed level, um, at the school district level. And because we also, part of our membership is museum, art museum educators at their level too, that we understand that the sum cuts might have to be hap- might have to happen, of course, but make them equitable. 
across sure. the board. Um, don't just lop off something because it's easy. Understand that uh, what arts provides is essential, especially now, I think, more so than ever uh, for the students. Um, so I hope that answers your, all your advocacy question there, but it, it's a big part, obviously, of what we do. And, it, and it's a shame that we have to do it, and I've had to do it my whole career. Mm -hmm. And that's because a lot of art, like art at my level, is not required. It's recommended. Mm -hmm. And I think within New York State, there's probably, I think in high school, you need one credit, but it could be music, art, theater, or dance, depending on what your system offers. And then I think in middle school, you have to have like a, what is it, a half year credit or a year credit there too? I don't know what it is, yeah. but yeah it's very limited the whole way through what's actually i think required mm -hmm. and it's funny to think that all of a sudden you're gonna get to high school and be required and it's like well if you didn't have it up to that point yeah <laughs> it's gonna be a sad <laughs> class that you'll be running welcome to studio and arts day one these are your crayons <laughs> right exactly tomorrow these are the these are the primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you, you bring up some really good points. And I think when it comes to advocacy, too, it's important that not only are the teachers, you know, working so hard to show the, uh, the benefits of their programs, but, you know, parents, if you're excited about your children in art and your kids are excited about art, you know, don't be afraid to contact that school board and say, listen, Art is a big part of our life. It's a big part of my uh, children's lives. We need it. We need it. So, Tom, why is it not mandated in New York State? Is there something that we could do to change that? I think in order to change that, that would have to bubble up mm -hmm. from the teach. Uh, sorry, the parent level. Mm -hmm. You know, just like it, within your school or school district, if parents, you know talk about something, wants something, you know, it's going to be listened to more than, you know, sure. even me, because it's about their children. That's, you know, why the school exists. So, um, yeah, the trouble is, I think, you know, the demands on everyone's lives and because it, it, it would have to be a real groundswell to make that happen. It could happen, but you'd have to have enough people who are willing to say, Yes, I value this enough that it should be required because, you know, everything required, then it's got to be paid for, yeah. got to be funded, um, even though we know the value of it and the value of it for students. Um, you know, in, when we live in a math and ELA wor world, and there's nothing wrong with those, nope, nope. but because um, we need all that, but there's that, you know, I think that social emotional part that art provides the expressive part um, that, like we talked about, that many um, solutions opportunity that, you know, there's not just linear thinking, right? <laughs> I can have divergent thinking and have success with that. Um, no. So, yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, it, it's it's fascinating to me too that we we talk about in education a lot. They talk about like Bloom's taxonomy, and it, you know one of the theories you learn right off the bat when you you start your your 
education uh, track to becoming a teacher. And the top of it, the pinnacle of Bloom's taxonomy is to create. And, and, you know, and, and like, I think the bottom is uh, uh memor it's, I'm going to say memorize, but I think they I have think a, so. Yeah. Something like that, whatever they call it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or regurgitate, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like the bottom of the pyramid and, right. and they say that you want to go up for the higher level thinking. And, you know, it, it seems that divergent thinking and creativity and, and all these things that the arts provide, uh, especially in 2021, when the top fortune 500 companies are telling us that the people that they hire need to be creative. I just, I have a hard time wrapping my head how this is so difficult. <laughs> like, come on, let's do it. You know? But, right. Yeah. Even you've got authors like Daniel Pink, right. And his, Big thing is that that same push that I, th those ideas, you know, about design. Well, and I think um, because as we talked about before, you know, that the old uh, model of education, that industrial model, right? It's create these, um, for lack of a better ter term, automatons that come out of and they're able to follow directions and do what I want them to do, right? And then as things have progressed and now we want, um, we don't want the, just the things. We want them to be better. We want them to be more aesthetically pleasing. We want them, you know, um, to be unique. And uh, um, so we need those creative thinkers. And uh, yeah, I don't get why they don't get it. <laughs> that that should, right. Yeah, it should be right up there with ELA and math, that the, the creative things, you know, because you can always bring in all those other fact, fact base and history things and all that stuff as, uh, you know, as lessons towards the creation. So I don't know. Definitely. Well, Tom, thank you very much for in, uh, bringing that insight and advocacy. And I hope that, you know, this is definitely something that um, organizations and, and bodies within the organization really uh, try to put an effort into, especially this year. I mean, we, we are, we're coming, we're halfway through the school year. Uh, and you know, we're, we're at any time, you never know what could happen. I mean, every day things are different now with this pandemic. So we're hoping that, uh, that we're, we're, we're able to, uh, keep going strong like we have been, but, um, I gotta ask, you know, uh, you're president of the NAEA, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're working full-time elementary art educator, you know, what, what's on the horizon? What, what are we thinking of? What's going on up there? What, what are we working on? <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> um, that is a great question. <laughs> hmm. I don't know because I have I have about one month left as president mm -hmm. of NAEA. Of course, then I have two years as the office of past president, so I'm still on the board, but. It's kind of interesting how that's coming to to an end here. It just seems to go so fast, yeah. Um, even during a stupid pandemic. Um, Ladies and, and gentlemen, it's a stupid pandemic. <laughs> well, it was just a, it just like changed my presidency to again what I was expecting it to be yeah. was nothing like <laughs> what had happened from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, like even before the pandemic started, um, but. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know what's next. Um, Cause I don't think I'm ready to retire even though I'm eligible now. Um, of course I can see myself retire. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It just, I, you know, if we can get back to normal, I feel like I could teach longer, but man. You got, a, you got another 20 years in you. If I got to keep wearing masks for two more years, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> well, um, you're going to have to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny too, though. It's like you, you say what's next and it's like, and, and I said, oh, my president's, my presidency is coming to an end. And then, then I have my past presidency. And then there's like things that kind of automatically happen. Um, you become a fellow in the NAEA and uh, I'll find out more about what that entails. And then I think they ask you to serve with the foundation. There's the National Art Education Foundation, which is a really cool thing that it's, it's not ours. It's a sister organization, but it helps fund some of the initiatives we do. Um, and so I'll just, you know, be a leader and get involved in different ways, I guess. And I've also been doing a little more writing. Um, and I, I guess you just feel like your the work is never done. You know, there's always that, that goal you want to help get mm -hmm. to. Um, just like, just like with my coaching, you know, it's like, um, this, this was going to be, I think my 38th year of coaching, which is ridiculous. And, but then there's always somebody that says, you know, coach don't retire. You know, I want you to be my coach next year. Like if they're on JV or whatever, and they're moving up, you know, and there, there's always, and there's, it's never going to end. <laughs> there's always more kids that just keep coming yeah. just like at school. It's like, you know, um, but at some point, um, who knows? Yeah. We well, had a music teacher in Williamsville that taught for like 51 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he retired, I don't know, five years ago now at least, but that was like, wow, 50. Holy cow. Wow. Was he like 93? What do you, <laughs> <What are> you... <laughs> well, he was 80 something. Wow. So he didn't even start teaching right out of college. If you do the math, he started yeah, yeah. in his 30s, right? Yeah. And then he retired into, I think, um, I think he had a uh, antique book business that he ran. So he came out of career and is teaching for 51 years or whatever into this other thing he was doing. And it was like, I don't know. It, <laughs> Whatever, whatever keeps you going, I guess. Whatever. Like the Energizer Bunny. Just yeah, some people just have that, you know, and that's great. You know, I, I think about it. We joke. Like, I, I remember the first day I started working in my district, and uh, and they said, "Do you need anything?" I said, "Nope." I said, "I'm ready for the next thirty years." Here we go. And uh, and, and it's like I, I can't. It's, it's hard to even wrap my head around it. Like my father worked at the same company for thirty years until the company closed, and then he went to work for another company and that closed. Now he's working for another company. And I think like, are people really going to work in the same organization for 30 years? Or is it going to be like, you'll probably be in education in some way, shape or form. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really interesting, especially 
with this pandemic, right? Because everybody said, oh, virtual teaching is the wave of the future. And I think we're quickly learning. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, that's a pipe dream. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Obviously, it's very limiting, right? Yep. What you can do virtually um to assist kids with things um yeah i i because you hear you hear rumors about oh there's some parents that want to continue uh remote instruction i'm thinking why why would you want that and why do you want your kids at home all the time you want them to well not in that sense yeah no no (laughs) (laughs) but you want them to socialize and experience other people and especially people who are different than they are and um all that yeah. stuff so I, I i don't know but you know yeah. i don't know we'll, we'll definitely find out I, I think that uh i think that in the the 20 the 22 20 right no the 21 22 school year is going to be even more interesting than this one and i don't know if we have any more energy for interesting you know, we, no, I, no, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't need <laughs> interesting anymore. I, I was telling one of my coworkers, I said, you know, it's funny. Art educators are, you know, we're creative, we're creative, we're creative. And I was like, after this year, I don't know if I want to be any more creative than I have to be just to do my job. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's right. Really- and, and what's funny is it's like, we're, we're creative. But then, like, if you're teaching in this virtual realm, and I had a student this year tell me, like, we were doing something, I don't have any white paper. And I'm thinking, that's a basic. You're going to need, <laughs> you're going to need some paper to yeah. do even the most basic art things, you know, because, and I do, and, you know, we, I do all these, and our teachers do all these cool things, and we recycle things, and but it's like, well, if you don't have that at home, yeah, or you don't have that ability to think that, okay, a used cereal box, <laughs> I can use that for something. I even said you can open that up on the inside; it's plain cardboard. You could draw on it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah. those. It's those things. But some people's brains don't work that way, and they're like, yeah. I need a white piece of paper, and that's all I need. No, no. <laughs> nope. I. I absolutely love. I don't know if you've experienced this when you're uh, you're on a call with a class, and um, it's usually kindergarten. It's happened in kindergarten a lot, and they uh, somebody will raise their hand and say, uh, "Mr. S, I have to go to the bathroom. Can I go?" And I'm like, "You're at your house." <laughs> it's it's just it's it's so interesting to think that they had to ask my permission. <laughs> And they're not even in my in the room with me. It, it's great. It's 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 great. You, you can't make it up. And, uh, and, and I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of books written about this. Yeah. <laughs> so it like so like let's see, a hundred years from now. So what's that? Uh, twenty one twenty when the next pandemic inevitably hits. You know, people will know what they have to do. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 quite interesting. But. Uh, Tom, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. I, I think that uh, I, I learned a lot that I didn't know, and I've known you for a while. And uh, I, I think you brought some great insight um, into uh, art education. And I, I hope that your last month as uh, president of NAEA um, 
goes out with a bang. <laughs> a good, good bang. A good, a good, a good bang. bang. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today was Tom Nab, and he is the president of the National Art Education Association. Uh, you can visit their website at arteducators.org. And you know what? Even if you are not an art educator, uh, but you're a parent and you have a child who enjoys art, why don't you look it up? See what's going on, see what is out there, and uh, maybe you could even help at your school to make sure that art is prevalent in your building. All right, so thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to Why Bother on Facebook and on YouTube, and you can listen to us on all major podcast platforms. My name is is John Sobleski, and this has been an episode of Why Bother? Yeah,